Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. It's a 16! Nice! Sorry, I was fighting off a cough. That's all right. We're all doing great health-wise. <laughs> it is that the, time of year. Everybody here is doing so, so good. We hope everybody else is doing good, too. Uh, here at the end of our first semester, mm-hmm. did everybody make the cut? I mean, we're all still here. So yeah, assume, we're, yes. we're still here. Yes. So uh, it might have been a close one, but we made it, I guess. It was yeah. spooky. My name had a misspelling, and so it was all the way at the oh bottom. My yeah, my heart was just all over the place. But it's fine. <laughs> good, good. Oh, hey, yeah, Derek, are you coming with us to next semester? Can we figure out how to catch this cat? We can try. <laughs> I do have a box ready for him. <laughs> It seems like the way to catch him is to start recording a podcast. He does seem to really like that. He's very opinionated. Record a podcast or shake a bag of treats. (laughs) One of the two. That's true. I wonder if they tried interdimensional yum-yums from Fantasy Costco to try to catch this interdimensional Those are pretty pricey. So you got to know when to use them. the school might bankroll them if they need it to catch their own cat. I don't know. It seems like the the only thing they really need is Argo, who does not like the cat because the mm. cat senses that and loves him for some yeah. reason. <laughs> that's that's a cat trait for sure. Mm-hmm. Whoever's most afraid of it, it's like I'm going to sit on your face. <laughs> most afraid, most allergic, or just just darn just hates cats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like, maybe you are my when, people. Maybe when they get to their new dorm, surprise, the cat will just be there. We can That's all. what I'm hoping. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I mean, unless they want to do like some kind of interlude episode that's just about them trying to trap this cat, which I would probably listen to. I'm here for it. Yeah. I, would, I would definitely be down for that. Wouldn't that be fun? Little like, it'd almost be like short films, just mm-hmm. short, short little pieces of them being like, well, in this episode, we tried Aww. to catch a cat and it's just like 30 minutes. Yes. Yes. I'd say I would love this so much. Get them on the phone. Hey, Trav. Hi, it's Guys. me. Guys. How do you feel about doing more work? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, have we got a proposition for you? <laughs> I like the idea, though, of them getting to their new dorm and uh, Fitzroy has just like boxes upon boxes of all of his goods. He's, and yeah. And then we've got Furball who has nothing, like literally mm-hmm. nothing. And I want Argo to have like a box and it's pretty small. And then when yeah. he opens it up, the cat jumps out of it. Oh, I like it. Wouldn't that be a delight? It would be. That's that's what I'm hoping for. Well, guys, that's a freebie for you. We're always looking out for you. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, though, on Fitz and all of his luggage. Because obviously it sounds like he's got a lot. He tried to call Leon to come help him, help them all move, and mm-hmm. didn't hear from him. Which, the first run through, I didn't think too much of it. See, I thought, yeah. it, was, I thought it was odd immediately. Uh, but uh, what were you going to say, Brittany? Oh, I was just going to say, Leon seems like such a giver that he would, mm. and just such a helper that he yeah. would have shown up. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, he is the mm-hmm. guy who would definitely, he's the one person that you call when you call everybody you know to help you move a couch who would actually come help you move the couch. <laughs> he's the guy who's buying a truck just so he can help everybody move. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So it is weird. I just fell a little bit in love. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think Fitz and I are just so just like, da-da-da, well, that's whatever, let's keep going. (laughs) 
We're over here still concerned about trying to get that glitter cloak back. Mm, yes, the cloak is very Constantly. important. Thoughts yes. on cloaks all the time. Our other uh, priorities, they're not, I mean, they're not necessarily always in the best order, but. Yeah, and speaking of interesting priorities and how, how people structure those priorities, are we going to talk about Melon fanfic? Because I would like to talk about <laughs> Melon fanfic. I, that is what this turned into, isn't it? You know, I mean, you ask the, the Fearbulg something. You ask him for a favor, you ask him to do anything, and he is definitely going to not only follow through, but probably do just way too much in a way that you didn't really expect him to or possibly want him to, like, mm. potentially, <laughs> like, very slowly spend a lot of time describing melons to you. Yeah. And Leon's sort of similar in that very, mm-hmm. you know, you ask him for something, they're they're going to deliver, whether or not that's a good thing. Yeah. In this case, God, a lot of discussion about melon. <laughs> Extended talk about melon. I didn't know you could talk that much about it. And here we are doing the same. Look, they've caught us in their trap. <laughs> anyway, the important thing to take away from this entire thing, it takes them about 30 minutes to get to it, is the fact that we have two weeks off before next semester. <laughs> Which they keep calling spring break. I don't think it's spring. I mean, well, it depends it on when I they... don't know where they live. Yeah, what their what their year looks like. It would probably be winter, you would think, if it's a two-week break at the end of a semester. But we don't really know. I mean, they're talking about going to a beach, but that doesn't really seem to be an option anyway, so... Sure. Mm-hmm. Which I would also argue, the anti-forest is not the beach, it is the desert. That's what Come I on. thought, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that as well. That mm-hmm. That's the, the least forest Yeah, would be a desert. All right, it's decided. We're all in agreement. Good job, ladies. Maybe this we is all something. Stand up, shake hands, and leave. <laughs> this is maybe something that the fear bulk has just never been exposed to the concept of, and might be deeply mm, horrified, no. even more horrified by than the beach. Oh my gosh! I can't even wait until they drop him off in the middle of the desert and say, "Figure it out." <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's in their third year when they have to go on their missions. <laughs> they just drop you in the middle of somewhere, and it's like it's up to you. Oh, he has unfamiliar terrain, and it is just a bad deal. <laughs> well, and then maybe one of them at that point will be sent to the Godscar Chasm, which is our other option for a hang sesh, for a little vacay. I feel like that could be the place to go. That could be dope. I mean, because yeah. the Godscar Chasm kind of sounds like it's a music venue, so oh, they didn't really go bands? into detail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that might be where Fantasy Slayer plays. <laughs> that might be where Dragon Slayer plays. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Anna. Cut you off. No, that's you. fine. I mean, I was see. I had the the serious answer to this question, which is terrible. <laughs> anyway, because you know, I was going to say that uh, you don't normally name places something like that for no reason, because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. there are certainly out west there are a lot of places that uh, the name is in fact um, ominous for a reason. Because there's places like, uh, what's it, um, Dead Horse Point, uh, is what it sounds like. So <laughs> That's where you go to talk to the horse god when you get your horse killed out in Hyrule Field. I gotcha. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> let's go with that. We won't, we won't tell the story of that. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely like a lot of um, ominously named places in the West that are ominous for mm. a reason. So I'm assuming that the Godsgar Canyon Chasm, Chasm, right? Yeah. Um, I'm assuming. Well, and also chasm is just chasm. You don't know chasm, nor- chasm is more than canyon. That's a very yes. That's a very uh, deliberate term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't you don't go whitewater rafting at the bottom of a chasm. <laughs> I mean, you could, but <laughs> I mean, probably the last thing you do. Yeah, yeah. That that's the fourth year. That's what you have to do. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> they have two graduates. <laughs> that's how you. That's why this is the best. You get the best heroes and villains out of the school because they survived. But so instead of going on a vacation, they do choose the uh, the make money track, as mm-hmm. you find in a game like Barbie Queen of the Prom. Whereas Thank when you. you side you sidestep and go, I guess I won't keep going around the board. I'm gonna go make money real fast. And I gotta get sitting. the best dress. You I get it, which is exactly where Fitzroy is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has played Barbie Queen of the Prom. He knows this game. He, he has knows. his eyes on the prize. He wants to be the prom queen. He knows how this goes. He wants the solo in the spotlight dress before fucking Argo can get. <laughs> not this time i can't wait to see everybody's prom looks but for now apparently they're gonna go make money but that's that's to be to be seen later yes because now they have to have student teacher conferences not parent teacher conferences which would require <laughs> oh some gosh. very strange time travel potentially won't that be fun though when it we do parents weekend yeah. next season yes <laughs> Oh, no, it's going to be so awkward for the Fearbulg, though. Oh. oh, my gosh. There's still so much here. And we're about to talk about it right now as he and Bartholomew meet up to discuss the accounting class. <laughs> now, here's my question right here at the tippy top. Uh, do you think Trav set up Juice with the questions that Bartholomew was going to ask? I certainly hope so, because I was getting anxiety as he was asking them. <laughs> it's fair. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think he had already discussed some of these things in another episode, and it sounded like it was off the top of his head. So, I, I, I mean, mean, maybe we have underestimated his business acumen. I'm massively impressed if it was off the top of his head. And mm-hmm. also still impressed if he had at least a, an idea of what the questions were going to be. They mm-hmm. were good answers, especially that last one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had that same thought of, does he have a cheat sheet? Did they talk about this earlier? Or is Travis just kind of a teacher? Like, hey, this is going to be the subject matter. I'm going to quiz you. Be ready ready. on Tuesday. And Mm -hmm. then, again, anxiety. Yeah, this is a good question of whether this was a pop quiz or whether or not he has given Justin homework. (laughs) Travis, we need to know. Hey, Trav. Me again. Quick cue. These are the hard-hitting questions we all have to ask during uh, the the Avengers episode. (laughs) Our important investigative journalism. I think this is important, and we do need to know. (laughs) But despite his good answers, poor, poor Fearbulg. He is going to... He's supposed to repeat the class? (laughs) Oh, no. I I was shocked to hear this. I was, too. He was doing so well. I really thought so, too. So I kind of took it as just because of the way he said he wouldn't. I didn't know if that meant that he... Well, because even in then, did they say he got like a C minus or something? I forget. Yeah, he just said he decided he got a C yes. minus. Well, maybe I don't he, know if that's actually what he received. Yeah, we don't know, but but we're going to assume, we'll take him at his word that it was a C minus, mm-hmm. uh, and that he should have repeated the class. But yeah. I, I have a feeling like we don't exactly know how large Bartholomew is, but we do know how large the Fearbulg is, more or less. He's big. I have a feeling that if if he for once is like kind of angry and is like i am not i am not repeating this yeah. class i mm-hmm. yeah i, I think uh that you just go with it yeah it makes sense that bartholomus was kind of like oh we'll work something out <laughs> yeah you know and i think that that actually would totally track and could have been a moment where uh if they wanted to they could have had uh justin roll intimidate mm-hmm. just because Ooh. i know some right like yeah. i know some 
when I, a, a thousand years ago, played a quick kind of campaign with my brother and his friends and everything, I rolled a drow. We like homebrewed a way that I could play a drow. Mm-hmm. So when we would go into social situations, he could, despite being a sweet boy, <laughs> could immediately intimidate somebody only because... That was just, yeah. you're not used to seeing, right. you know, droughts usually mean trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I figured maybe it could be the same with a fear bulk if it's just like there's just some intimidation already baked in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know, though. That would make sense. Yeah. But I mean, you can also like, as the DM, make the story decision that you don't want to stop that concept to do a role, which Certainly. in this situation, I think made sense to just roll uh-huh. with it and be like, okay, if this is the way that his character is responding, then we're going to find a way to roll with that. Yeah. Yes. Especially for something that probably doesn't hold a lot of clout later on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. One might hope. Stop no. with the financial advice I'm I'm getting. <laughs> Their GPA is going to be extremely important in the final the final arc of this story. Oh my gosh, it probably will. God, Trav. Well, my other thought is that he did pass. Mm. Yeah. But Bartholomew and the school holds accounting so highly mm. mm-hmm. that if you do not pass with a B or higher, then you essentially didn't pass Ooh. because you must know this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that could be. Or Bartholomew just loves hanging out with the Furbolg <laughs> and wants to keep him around because he thinks he's just so funny. I mean, yeah, he might be so delighted. Like his own son. Aww. How much more can he grow? Well, we'll find out in uh, accounting too. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo next semester. <laughs> Be there and be square. Yeah, and we we learn we learn a really sad thing in the course of this though this conversation yes. too, which is very silly at the beginning. Yeah, that we're all um, having so much fun giggling, but yeah, oh. Bartholomew decides to dig a little deeper into the Fearbulk's motivations, and we find out that when he was kicked out of his clan, the reason he came to the school, which we had talked about wondering what his, his motivation was exactly, he just started walking until he, he saw walked. something and it was the school. For oh, two no. I don't know if it's going to come. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to come back into play, but he walked for 13 days and 14 nights. Mm. Yeah, so he walked really far by himself, uh-huh. going uh-huh. nowhere in particular. Which means there's also just a lot of empty from wherever he was coming from. I mean, not necessarily mm-hmm. empty, but like there wasn't... No structure. Yeah, there wasn't someplace else he could post up, essentially. Yeah, I mean, you would think he would have hit like a hit a farm or a tavern or something. He has to have come from somewhere remote. <laughs> we could have gotten that pastoral fantasy of him stumbling upon a farm like, I can't read nor write, but I saw them fence posts I can put back up for you. All I need is a clean place to sleep and some food. I think that's that's what happened when he got to the school, B. I think you're just going now to the the prequel. I feel like Hernandez must have found him. Like, uh, co- come with me, friend. <laughs> They yeah. kept him in the barn for a day and then realized, oh, he's sentient. Like, he should be, like, Oh, wait, I think this could school, be a maybe. student if we wanted to try something out. And Hieronymus was like, no, yeah, all right. <laughs> Give him to my brother. Let him deal with it. Hey, Gomez, we've got you a present. <laughs> it's a giant boy. <laughs> Just what he's always wanted. Probably. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other thing uh, we do learn from this discussion is the way that the fear bulb sort of sees himself in comparison to everybody else. Yeah. In that he sees himself as like almost just here to help others. Yeah. I mean, I think mm-hmm. this, this tracks from what we've learned about him so far that 
the idea of his clan being so important and that the the group is more important than the needs or the desires of any of the individuals yeah so Mm -hmm. like i understand where he's where he's coming from but bartholomus has a really good point too about if if you just walked randomly until you found something that you could make your purpose what what are you going to do later because you have to have a purpose outside of school everybody you know school is going to end which he doesn't even mention but Mm -hmm. everybody that he knows and that he cares about they're going to find a purpose because he helped them do it and then he's not going to have anything else to do what's he going to do then where's his i wonder if the furball knows that school ends i don't know he might not he has to to keep repeating accounting just make it so school doesn't end just constantly learn you know though he could I mean, it it would open itself up pretty nicely to him being like an instructor. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then, yeah. Then you could always have a clan. Your new class would be your clan. Ah, see, we're finding ways around this. He's gonna be fine. FB, we got you. Even if we don't see it now, because that's kind of where this one ends, right? Yeah, Bartholomew just kind of like says, if you don't have your own ambitions, you're gonna see your friends rise above you right. and you're gonna be alone again. Right. And I was like, good God, like yeah. this is getting heavy. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah, let's step away from this heavy conference and uh <laughs> let let's dance on over to Hegelmas uh meeting up with the Fitzroy. You know this one's gonna be fun. Oh my goodness. Fitz who is not very concerned necessarily about other people finding their purpose. No, the exact opposite <laughs> to what the fear bulg is wrestling with. He has he has too much purpose, if anything. <laughs> Just hell bent on this purpose that's before him. And he does keep uh I would say very wisely, uh now assuming that he is constantly almost poisoned. We should all right? be aware. If someone offers you any kind of food or drink, definitely give them a long know, stare down as you bring really look at yeah. it and really think about it. And let them know you're thinking about it mm-hmm. so they can stop. Or if they look a little too intently, you can be like, you know, I'll pass. Why don't Thank you, you why don't you try this chocolate cake first? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went a completely different direction when he said he wanted to roll. I thought he was going to roll a check about the tea's bouquet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when he said he was going to smell it. <laughs> Not for poison reasons, just like <laughs> to as- better assess the quality of this tea. Yeah, that would have tracked too. That's fair. That's a good call. Is this tea actually any good? It no. sounds like it wasn't. No. <laughs> it turns out the answer is, uh-uh. But we're catching up with our boy, and on top of the fact that he now is very aware of that he might get poisoned, and just, like, dastardly things people might do, being on the mm-hmm. villain track has also made him more open to trying to swear. And it's a fun little <laughs> gimmick we get through the whole episode that I appreciate very much. Emphasis on the trying, I think, trying. is the important detail. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Underline. He's so bad at it. He's yeah I mean he, he's such a blunt guy too like he doesn't have to swear even because he no. he's so cutting just by being yes. honest and I think mm-hmm. he knows it because he often apologizes afterwards <laughs> or to the extent that he ever apologizes really that yes. to just say like okay I'm realizing now that I've said that 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 was kind of mean but never <laughs> takes it back just like mm, I no. realize yeah <laughs> he's committed to the truth he's gonna tell it like it is and you know what so does Higgleman mm-hmm. he kind of gets right in there and asks mm-hmm. straight up why do you want to be a knight what a question mm. and I like this back and forth here that Fitzroy gives the answer that you would expect most yeah. people to give and Higgleman says no no that's See? bull and I I was totally like no that sounds right <laughs> I just want to be loved and admired, which is totally what Fitz is about. It is. I think he was trying to get to the reason 
why he wants to be loved and admired because it's not now we're psychoanalyzing he was initially saying like i want to be a knight because of the respect but Mm -hmm. the implication there was that it was respect that was earned as opposed to i just want to be important or i want to feel important Mm -hmm. which is a different a different motivation because it's it's implying like because and i think that that was really what uh, what Hickelmas and, and also Travis was trying to, you know, I mean, they're basically like trying to disassemble this entire myth of meritocracy that yeah. the idea, I mean, in, in, in a fantasy world, like it's even more obvious, right, that that knights are somehow paragons of virtue and therefore mm-hmm. they deserve everything that they have versus saying like, OK, well, maybe there are some things about them that are good, but that's also not the reason why they're successful, that there's more to it than that, that they, you know, because of privilege or because of coincidence or sure. because they're just really good mm-hmm. with a sword, but not necessarily a very good person. Yeah. Um, and I think Fitz, Fitz clearly needs to interrogate this because he's he's very into his own importance, but he also seems very insecure in it. Yeah, it seems like he uses it as a, a shield. It's yeah. It's so that he doesn't have to address the insecurity of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think even the whole like needing the really flashy cloak thing as some sort of proof that he needs everybody to see that he's successful and that yeah. he's attractive and that he's wealthy and that he's all of these things. He needs these symbols, but you don't need those symbols unless you don't really believe that it's true, I think. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise you wouldn't need to signal that to other people. You would already say, I mean, because his ego is always saying like, I am this important. I am this cool and everybody loves me. But his actions say otherwise. Yeah, there's a lot of confidence, uh, but also a lot of insecurity. And, you know, how much of that is him trying to convince himself and trying Mm -hmm. to convince others or both the, Mm -hmm. the same time. Fitz, you've just got so many sides to you. You're so multifaceted, and apparently you're a very special boy in more than just this way. Being the <laughs> only person in the 250-year history of the school to change tracks from sidekick to hero slash villain. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. It's comforting to know on some level that Higglemas is suspicious of this, just as we were last episode, that this did yes. seem strange and that it did seem like there was some kind of ulterior motive going on for yeah, moving him, right. that it wasn't just about his merit yeah exactly that and i think it's interesting because in this moment of the show as he's saying you know be careful uh trust no one especially not Hieronymus. <laughs> you it feels like for a moment that maybe okay then maybe we can trust Higglemas. but then you get to the end of this episode mm-hmm. and you go well shit no i don't i i got yeah. nothing right especially because the poison was in the sandwich <laughs> there was poison exactly it was probably, it was just a little, it was just a little poison. <laughs> it was just going to like make him cramp up, you know, it was just going to suck a little mm-hmm. bit for you. Totally harmless. I don't even think Higglemas knew it was poison. He genuinely thought it was just a spice. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I would say on the basis of how well it went with the tea, that is, that is a reasonable, <laughs> reasonable <That's> theory. <laughs> likely. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. He's got a whole lot of bottles and none of them are labeled and he does not have a very good sense of smell or taste. So Mm-mm. he's just kind of going for it. <laughs> He is like 500 years old. At least. You have to assume, like, at any point in time, if you eat his cooking, you may be poisoned. He, he, that's what he thinks every time he sits down to eat. Is this the last meal? We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> he's ready for it. He's so hard. I was just going to say, he's like, kind of fingers crossed, hoping for it. Like, please, this time. Can no. I finally be done? <laughs> 
Uh, did we mention the dog at all? We did not talk about the I'm dog. I'm still... I feel like we talked about the dog in the past. We did. We yes. talked about it might be a person. Anonymous. <laughs> oh, right. I forgot. <laughs> I know. I was like, Brittany, why are you bringing up the dog? <laughs> just because I remembered it being important in my brain before. And just that he has a seat for him. Again, the dog's not just in the room. Yeah. The dog has a chair at the table. Yeah, maybe... I think we did joke that it might be a person. Yeah, we, we did, did. We did talk about that, and I think we might want to talk about that again later. Yeah, I'd like everyone to look back to their uh, murder boards and notice where the dog <laughs> is circled. So. Yeah. <laughs> and so now we can move on to Argo going to meet up with Jackal in the bar, which would be my favorite student-teacher meetup. <laughs> That's the one you're just going to pry into and just kind of watch. Right. I'll sneak in in my skeleton yeah. outfit. No one will know the wiser. Or you're just Tomas, apparently sitting in the corner, having <laughs> having a coffee and reading. I forget what he's having. Having a coffee and a crumpet, probably. Mm. Yeah, I think I think book. it was a coffee and not not an alcoholic beverage. Although I think if you're the school counselor and it is the two week break, you would probably be okay with day drinking. Like that might be all right. You're off the clock. There's definitely some uh, whiskey in that coffee. That's... I think if you're a school counselor at the uh, Hieronymus Wiggenstaff School for Michigas and Mischief, mm-hmm. you're drinking all the time. <laughs> you just have that flask right on your hip. It's ju- it never. It's it's the auto filling flask. You've got it enchanted. It never empties. It is always your favorite alcohol. <laughs> you are ready to go. We're really setting Tomas up here. <laughs> I love him. He seems like such a nice guy, too. It's because he's drunk all the time. <laughs> you can be a nice drunk. Tomas, <laughs> let's go try to get this pocket watch from you. Because <laughs> Jackal asked us to. But you can't steal it. Mm-mm. And you can't tell him it's for Jackal. <laughs> this was immediately so weird. I Like, if I were Argo, I'm walking in and going, God, another? Jeez. Oh, mm-hmm. All right. Fine. And then he comes up with the weirdest... It made no sense. It it made no sense, but you know why it works. This stupid little memory exercise he decides he's going to do. It only works because Clint is the one who came up with it. Exactly. And what I do love is Clint will take a very slight moment. Mm-hmm. Like the smallest thing of, in this case, Tomas closing his eyes and coming up with Argo's name while he sees like yeah. every student he's able to pick out the one he is talking to. Exactly. And he jumps from there. But then to the weird thing of, like, describe to me your pocket watch that you've owned for X amount of time. And I was like, where is this? Okay. I mean, I guess if we're going to let this work, we're going to let this work. But this is goofy. It always is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's justified by the character. I mean, I, I like seeing Argo have an unusual idea that's kind of that so crazy. It just might work kind of set up. But then... He tends to push it so far and, like, keep talking. Like, he doesn't seem to be able to stop talking. Yeah. So that he keeps going. He's He just, he's got the whole just how it needs to be for a trap. And then he starts digging under his own feet so that he falls into. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. That is it. Oh, see, and now I dig it. It's like he starts to fall in and then somehow manages to somehow dig up and get his, get back out. I mean, I think it, it kind of comes across like uh, that he's 
he's not a very deceitful person, like fundamentally, that that's not something that he enjoys. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he's a rogue, but he's not. I don't I don't think that he gets pleasure out of fooling people or out of stealing from people. So it's not, you know, I mean, a lot, and a lot of people, I think, do pl- play rogues that way. And it's fun to yeah. play them that way of like, they're just going to pickpocket you at every opportunity um, <laughs> sure. because that's what they do. But but this is an interesting kind of contradictory nature that he has of being that person in some ways and not in others. Yeah, absolutely. I hadn't even actually thought about it until you said that. But yeah, he's like your sweet rogue. He's he's, he's the rogue with good. the heart of gold. And that's it. That's exactly it. And this is shown even further that Jackal offers him money. Mm-hmm. Offers yeah. him the thing he does not have to yeah. say, you know, Will you I promise I give this back. Well, what if I give you five gold? And right. he pauses. Yeah. Which, which I, I appreciate. Uh-huh. Yeah. And has to think about it. And, you know, nope, I said I'd do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it back. So, sorry. And Jackal is delighted. (laughs) That was the test the whole time. He lies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that this was the test. Like, the test was, Uh can you actually get something off of somebody without stealing it from them outright or without telling them exactly what you're doing? Like, are you willing to be deceitful? but not in a necessarily harmful way. Like, are you willing, are you willing and able to talk somebody into giving up something that they don't want to give up? Right. Uh, but without, without actually forcing them to like just being yeah. persuasive enough. Um, mm-hmm. But also being able to not tell them the truth about what you're doing yes. uh, and then not being able to be bribed or not being in it for, for some kind of monetary some benefit. Sort of yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's a much more difficult and a much more interesting test than just uh, go try to take his wallet, <laughs> go, you know, <laughs> and bring it back to me. And yeah, it's, this mm-hmm. was way more interesting and way more nuanced and congratulations. You passed. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, Argo. And it would have been awkward if he hadn't, cause he already got the tattoo. He does. <laughs> Jump in the gun. Yeah, he has committed hard immediately. But at least it sounds cool. Yeah, although I have some questions about being asked to join a top secret organization and being like, I'm going to get a tattoo of this. (laughs) Listen. (laughs) Right on your wrist, too. So, like, he could wear, like, a dope bracer or something to cover it up. Mm -hmm. He could wear, like, a cool cuff. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. very bold. Very committed. (laughs) I do wonder if Jack was like, oh, mm, mm." he just winced a little bit like, God. I mean, I guess it was still better than like showing up in a a T-shirt or something with that on it. Maybe. Although that you could have taken off. So I don't know. That's true. Yeah. Going to burn that. (laughs) He went down to the boardwalk and had it airbrushed. It's it's a picture of him and Jackal that says Secret Club Best Buds. (laughs) Or just like uh, just like an arrow that says I'm with the secret organization. (laughs) He got a couple for a bunch of them, and Jack is like, Jesus Christ. Well, now we definitely have to go to the boiler room so we can burn all this shit. Oh, it was a five for ten deal, and he went with it. Throw all the shirts in the fire, and then shut the fire off so we can walk through the thing. (laughs) That'll happen later. Uh, Later. Yeah. Yes. But speaking of what you're wearing, Mm -hmm. it's time to go to the party. Rainier, happy birthday. Okay, so these next like four minutes, I had a moment. I was like, didn't we talk about this already? Because (laughs) we talked about this. (laughs) What together and what you're wearing. And I was like, we did this. I was like, oh, right. Because we, (laughs) we did this. (laughs) Look at us, soothsayers. We're just all vibing very, very well. I think when it comes to parties, when it comes to mirth and merriment. (laughs) We know. Filling your life with laughter and love, 2020, 2020. (laughs) 
we're just, yeah, we're really vibing. We get it. And the boys all look great. Do not worry. Fitz has the cloak bag. Of course. Also, even better, possibly, somehow, Argo and the Fearbog having matching curtain outfits. How? <laughs> This okay. Can I There's can so I much here? Please go. Can yes. I paint my word picture for you, please? Of course. All right. So <laughs> this is how I see it happening. Mm-hmm. Argo is watching Fitzroy pack up all of his everything. Mm-hmm. And he's such he wants to belong. Argo just wants to be a part of things. He wants to like kind of match people. So he, like he's yeah. looking around like, what can I pack? Mm. And he sees the drapes and he's mm. like, oh, I can pack these. And as he's pulling them down, he's like, oh, this is such a fine fabric. Just like really enjoys the feel of it. Yeah. And so then... Imagine hugging somebody wearing this, he thinks. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and then he hears Fitzroy talking aloud about how he must go and get the cloak before the party. And, mm. da, 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 and now he's got it. Oh, I should dress up. And so then, he, oh, I've got the drapes. So he takes the drapes and uses the fur bulk as his uh, body form. What do you yeah, call those? Of course. And then realizes, oh, I could dress the fur bulk as well. So it just like kind of keeps building. And then enter a montage of... You know, tacking things on and fixing this and adding the lace and doing whatnot. And then, like, ba da da do And now they're, like, ready to go. I'm looking so good. <laughs> looking stylish as hell. First of all, beautiful word picture. That's Thank you. exactly how it happened. <laughs> it's canon now. And I love that in the end, here now at the party, the Fearbulg loves it. This, oh, my gosh. I think, yeah. speaks so much to this character like this goofy goofy little moment of wearing a curtain outfit it's it's just it's really genuinely sweet it's a really good character moment for him yeah i love the idea it's the finest thing he's ever worn and he (laughs) finally owns something nice enough to get married in (laughs) that's exactly (laughs) it yep He's such a supportive friend. He is. Really. Like, because he's not just going to say, oh, this is nice. Thank you for making that. He's like, I have to go to everybody and show them how great this is and make sure that they spend enough time. Appreciate As far as I'm concerned, continuing <laughs> yes. to watch me turn because once is not enough, you will commit the time to appreciate this fully. Yes. <laughs> Devote your attention. Watch it swish. I'm not done turning yet. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you look at all the back it's genuinely so sweet that he mm-hmm. appreciates it so much this fine garment that his friend has made for him <laughs> and has a matching one himself uh once more beautiful artists i cannot wait oh my god to i can't wait to see these matching outfits. what these are gonna look like oh my god yeah <laughs> There's actually a scene coming up here in a little bit that I'm like, I I want to draw you. Um, and I'll, I'll let you know when we get there. I'm going to try to guess. Okay. Yeah, I bet I know what it is, but we'll see. Yeah, that'll be the game. But this moment, for sure. I'm, it's going to be stunning in all the variants that people, because you know there's going to be different curtain colors, different curtain patterns. Are they going to have to reimburse the school for this? Because I assume you were not supposed to take the curtains down and take them apart and make <laughs> outfits out of them. I'm just going to, like, as a wild stab... <laughs> Here's the thing. They're going from one dorm to the other. No Try to find me, baby. Sh- yeah. <laughs> they won't even know who was here. They walk back in to put somebody else in that room. Everything's gone. There used to be like a, a wardrobe in here. Fucking gone. There used they to did be take drawers. the Gary. <laughs> the Gary out. All the beds gone. Well, they were already planning to take the Gary, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> The built-in sound system, gone. Uh, Just wires hanging out of the wall. <laughs> Someone's unscrewed the, the the light bulb in the overhead fixture for yep, no particular yep. reason. Yeah, that's kind of with us. 
<laughs> I really do think that's what Argo would have done, though. <laughs> yeah. Take it all. You between don't know Argo, what you're going to go into. <laughs> between Argo and Fitz, they, they, you know, Argo's yeah. concerned about the money. If they, if a light bulb burns out, that maybe they're going to mm. be responsible for it. And Fitz just wants to be mm-hmm. able to have more than one light bulb for some reason. For mm-hmm. sure. Just love. Oh yeah, grab that one too. Mm-hmm. Here you take these. <laughs> Just leaving with arms just full of stuff. (laughs) On top of all the stuff they already had. He's like, God, I really wish Leon had called me back. This would be so much easier with him. (laughs) Oh, and speaking of moving dorms, the surprise gets let out a little bit as Fitz tells Rainier that they're both in the villain track now. Mm -hmm. And he's not ready to say fuck yet. But he's very excited (laughs) about being a villain. (laughs) I'm trying to remember, what was her reaction to it? She was surprised, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. She was pleased, but she was definitely surprised, which is not unexpected since this has never happened before. Exactly. This is not a common occurrence. This is not sky high where suddenly your powers show up in the middle of episode three. No, that was his Mm -hmm. previous school. Yeah, that was he was surprised. He was the boy from sky high. (laughs) (laughs) Lil Powers. That's his name. Oh, my God. (laughs) I only remember because, of course, they had like goofy fun names. Warren Peace. Lil Powers. Plant Girl. Pretty sure was her name. Layla. Somehow I remember her name. <laughs> Guinea pig girl. Glow Violet. Uh, I don't remember Glow Boy's name. Oh, Zach. Zach Attack. God, why do I know all of this? You guys, this is, I just... this is our Sky High podcast now, like just on alternating weeks. Yeah, okay. First, first order of business. Sky High 2, this is the one where Will and Warren finally date each other. Oh my gosh. I've been waiting for this for so long. Finally, we're bringing it back. <laughs> anyway they're all here at uh rainier's party mm-hmm. don't worry about it lash is here that's the kid who could stretch out his arms oh my um, god <laughs> uh, i forget his bully boyfriend's name though uh i don't remember either yeah yeah so I there's one he was heavy know. set but very fast yeah and i was like super that. fast yeah but guess what guys mm. present time present, present time. time open, open the present, present see what's inside, inside. I don't remember where that came from, but I will never uh, forget Blue's it. Clues? Blue's Clues. Blue's Clues. Yes. Great. <laughs> Listen, you can never... The, trying to map out our podcast is like a fucking family circus map. Jeffy, who knows where he's going to go next? Over to Sky High. Oh, over to Steve's house. Oh, he's finally meandering his way back over to Rainier's party, where it is indeed present time. <sighs> and I really like this uh, this first little gift from Fitzroy. Now that they are villainous equals, he, he got her the Journal of Far Speech. What are they actually called? Notebook of Far Speech. Oh, okay. So I was close. I, mean, close I thought enough, I was yeah. making uh, I mean, a joke guess. <laughs> no, I think I mean, you did the journal. It's fancier. Yeah. 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 But I thought that was a pretty thoughtful gift on yeah, Fitz's part. Agreed. You know, I mean, because it's it's practical, but it also says I want to be in communication with you. So it reinforces their friendship, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Good work, Fitz. Unfortunately, it was such a good gift idea. That's what Argo got, too. <laughs> oh it was too good an idea. God, this, Clint, you are always so good. Just out of nowhere being like, oh, yeah, me too. But <laughs> instead, don't worry. These curtains get another use. Ten oh. gold rings from the curtains. So he could have lied. He could have lied. He could have. I mean, she was impressed. Like, he could have just yeah. said, oh, I, I fashioned or I had somebody fashion these beautiful gold rings, like, so that you and all of your skeletons would have matching bracelets or, and, oh or gosh, something like that. He could have yeah. he could have lied and said they were anything other than they were curtain rings I already had. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and then like stage whisper to Fitz and be like, I got it from the curtains. <laughs> and you know they would have high five because what a great idea. But I like this. I do. I now I do want that to like come back around. If Travis like, oh no, Rainier would appreciate this so much that she would have a little skeletons wear the rings. Bless <laughs> those curtains. They are just the gift that keeps on giving. They really mm-hmm. are. I mean, you you do have to give Argo credit for being really good at DIY, which is a very important part of being mm-hmm. thrifty, which is a very important yeah, part of being poor. He's a clever dude. <laughs> Yes. He's an artistic dude. And, and it's a very important part of being a sidekick. Yes. He's do and, yeah. and he's not the only one who's artistic because the poor Fearbulk who doesn't understand the concept of a birthday party, apparently. <laughs> Even though presumably people had tried to explain it to him prior to this. Oh, there's a whole montage of them being like, and then there's cake, and then there's dancing. <laughs> and then you give a gift. Uh, but he's put on the spot to try to come up with a gift. But in fact, he has very thoughtfully apparently made... An entire zine about the taste of melons for Gary. (laughs) He meant it when he was like, he was waiting to see Gary again to give him this zine that he, this melon zine. And Gary kept avoiding him. So now this gift gets to go to you, Rainier. Is someone who will appreciate it and the the amount of artistic effort that he put into it with his oh charcoal goodness. illustrations of the taste of melon. Sounds really poetic. And Rainier, I just want to say, if somehow, I don't think it will, but if somehow the villainous track and your job opportunities kind of fall apart, you'd make a great kindergarten teacher. <laughs> Maybe she could be a villainist and kindergarten teacher. You never know. You never know. I thought you were going to say something about whether or not they have a school newspaper. Oh, you do wonder. Oh. Is there a newspaper? Maybe this could be his uh, his extracurricular activity. This could be his passion. What he gets into. He loves telling people about things in great detail, whether they want to hear yeah. about it or not. Sounds like perfect oh school gosh. newspaper material. Oh my god! I love this. At least to have a column that's just like fearbulk facts, and it's just something <laughs> new he's going to tell you about. <laughs> And potentially sometimes sort of a joke about trees and tree Absolutely. Um, Can this be a column in Boy Cloaks magazine? There it is. It could be, yeah. Yes. Well, and the fear bulb isn't going to get away that easily. He has another gift to give to Rainier, and that is the gift of a dance. It was almost the gift of a striptease. Yeah. Almost. That is true. Very close. Yeah. It almost turned into yeah. Man Cloaks the magazine live up in here. <laughs> Poor guy. This is the first time somebody's apparently given him something that makes him feel good about himself and he thinks Aww. he's supposed to give it away. Uh, fear bulb. And you made me sad. Yeah, <laughs> It's okay because she didn't actually want his tunic, so she insisted. No, no, no! Just come cut a rug with me. Just the pleasure of his company was the only. And it's very sweet. He does allow himself to be pulled out onto the dance floor, Mm -hmm. and you know it's so cute. He sounded so embarrassed. I thought that was very good voice acting work on Justin's Mm -hmm. part. He sounded very much like he was not prepared for that. (laughs) Yeah, he tried to to get out of it. Yeah. It was very sweet. I thought that that was um, very in character. Yes. Mm -hmm. But he does better than expected on his dance role. Yeah. (laughs) Which is not nothing. I mean, a lot of us could could hope for better than people expect (laughs) from our dancing skills. Well, you know, and you have to wonder, you know, if he had ever done any dancing with his clan. Is was this part of the montage leading up to the party? I don't know. Oh my gosh. So many good montages. Part of the montage is them dancing with him in the room. Now we're in a footloose situation. Definitely a footloose situation. (laughs) He certainly could not have learned to dance by standing on someone else's feet because that would have ended very badly mm-hmm. oh, no. so he had an extra hoop to get through only the 
uh, I want to call him a Gorgon. That is not it. Goliath? Goliath. Thank you. Yes. Mm. The Goliath was the only one, but they somehow were a poorer dancer than even the Furbolgs, so, so it did not work. They both thought they were doing great, not so much. And then you cut over to a shot of Argo and Fitzroy just shaking their heads like, oh, exactly. Gotta <laughs> mm. Gotta try again. Well, Argo's busy doing his own thing, though, at this point, which is magic tricks, but not magic tricks, sleight of hand tricks. We totally discussed this. We are vibing so much with this. He's so good at sleight of hand, and it is a big deal, which is exactly what we wondered. He's just mind freaking everybody. It's great. (laughs) Argo Keen Mind Freak. Everybody's loving it. And as we've got Argo just wowing the pants off of everybody, I have to remind no party would be complete without Festo. The one, the only. (laughs) The best. Fitzroy wisely, again, was wise about the poison, wise about knowing I want to party down with Festo. Mm -hmm. And you know what, though? Uh, He will have to sort of party indirectly with Festo because Festo's here to dance with Snippers. <laughs> Festo also knows what's up. I would say no one can blame them. Well, Snippers is kind of like a built-in disco ball, I guess, isn't he? Because he's sort of, Aww. you know, glowing. He's like, he's he's his own private rave already. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I want artwork of it. You know what? I'll just make it myself. A little sparkly crab that says my own private rave. <laughs> so now this was the scene I thought you wanted to draw. hmm Oh, both of you thought this? Yes, that is what I thought. Mm. No, not initially, but now I do, especially (laughs) with what you just said, Anne, because I think that that's beautiful and poetic, like so many things you say on this show. (laughs) I was absolutely destroyed by uh, Festo saying, you don't know what I'm into when (laughs) this was warning him about the the claws. (laughs) There are those little moments where I'm like, Trav, you're very, very funny. into when festo that it's like well don't tell snippers either oh my god so funny <laughs> uh poor poor fitz just in the in off in the corner like trying to concentrate on the magic so that snippers can dance really well but yes. not actually being able to participate <laughs> like and especially because if he if he'd cast a tech magic he could also have been his own private raid that's true at least added to the the whimsy and the mm-hmm. the magic and the delight of this party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As everybody's just in awe of Snippers and Festo just tearing it up out there. Uh, the best dancers in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, and good on uh good on Fitz though for letting for for letting Snippers be the yeah. center of attention be proud. Here. You gotta yeah. be proud of your friends and your familiars. Definitely be proud of your friends and your familiars. I do wish we had gotten to see Fitzroy dance with Festo. I'll mm-hmm. be honest. It would have been a lovely opportunity. Yeah. Uh, but you know what, though? You know what, though? We got to bring it back. Mm. Girls, come mm. back here with me. Because mm. as the party is raging, a disheveled <gasps> Buckminster mm. goes over to Fitzroy to ask about Leon. And uh-oh, this is where you know this is this is a problem. It's serious We've business. We've never seen this yeah. boy look anything less than just perfection Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which was very very dramatic and concerning at first until i started thinking about the fact that leon had been gone for a few days do you think he does buckminster had fallen apart and that it sort of gave me this mental image of him getting up in the morning and just standing around calling for leon like to bring him his water so he can wash his face and to bring him his clothes and no one answering and him just standing there crying (laughs) because he doesn't know what to do (laughs) 
you just made it even sadder. I was like <laughs> these notes because the things that Leon says, the wording he uses, he hasn't come home. Very sweet, very sad. Mm-hmm. And then him saying he wouldn't leave me, it's so sweet yeah. and incredibly mm-hmm. sad. Yeah. And I think exactly what you said, that that plays along with it in that, yes, this is his sidekick. And it's almost like part of it is, yeah, probably Leon is a part of Buckminster having such a pristine image. But at the same time, he genuinely cares about this person and mm-hmm. he's very worried about the he fact does, that he's yeah. not here. He yeah. does. I think he's just, he's able to care about him maybe in, in sort of specific ways that are, you know, like, it's, I think I think like sometimes he, you have relationships like that that you don't quite, like, maybe he doesn't appreciate him as much as he should. Exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in the moment, you don't think about it because he's always just here. He's always just helping you. That's yeah. just how it goes. And mm-hmm. then as soon as he's not here, it's like, wait, no, I, I miss him incredibly. This is bad. Yeah. Where yeah. I think, he? like, realizing how much you rely on somebody. Yeah. Well, now I ship these two. <laughs> <laughs> Only now? <laughs> well, before we were like, ooh, is there something with Buck and Rolandis? I don't know. Oh, that's but now true. I'm like, oh, this is very sweet. I mean, maybe there is still something with Buck and Rolandis, uh, but also Leon too, maybe. I don't know. We have more to see. But this, there is obviously some genuine, very sweet affection here between mm-hmm. these two boys. Yes. And a lot of good fan fiction fodder. Oh, my God. So much. <laughs> Fitz does mention to him that, like, Leon had seemed weird. The last time he had talked to him, um, but they're not going to talk about it now. Mm-hmm. That's going to probably be next episode over in mm-hmm. Last Hope when they're both yeah. doing that make allowance track in Barbie Queen of the Brahms so they can buy their dresses. <laughs> well, I mean, it's fair. I think that they're both uh, obviously Buckminster is now also kind of suspicious about what's going on and why. And having yes. this conversation somewhere else is probably a good idea. Absolutely. This party mm-hmm. is not the time nor the place. Mm-hmm. Well, and speaking of weird things that are happening, it turns out that Fitzroy and Fearbulk do notice when Argo is, like, coming and going, like, <laughs> sneaking <laughs> off in the night, which makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering when they were saying about him sneaking out, and I'm like, they kind of said that, that Fitz at least doesn't really sleep, that he just kind of meditates, yeah. and it seems like he mm-hmm. wouldn't notice. I think we might have discussed so. that at one point, that uh, that it seems like he would notice that, that somebody was leaving. Yeah, we might have. And he might not have thought anything of it, which sure. in fact is what they discuss of like, oh, well, maybe he was just going to the special room. <laughs> <laughs> that maybe fancy, had a fancy secret room. rendezvous. Mm. <laughs> maybe he has taken a lover. Could be, could be. But they do know it's obviously something, because it's Mm -hmm. like a thing he keeps doing. And now he's, like, ditching the party. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is he not telling them? Who would ditch that party? And who would leave? Festo's still killing it out there. Come on. (laughs) That's probably when he snuck out. Once people were not looking at him and his wonderful magic tricks anymore. Yeah. That's exactly it. They turned to the actual magic creatures, like, and goodbye. Oh, my God. Yeah. It all hangs together perfectly. So no one could say he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They all saw him. Everybody you know? had eyes on him. They just figured Gosh. he was at some other part of the bar. Oh, Argo, you sneaky son of a... You, you sneaky, sneaky little so-and-so. Yeah. Well, and then this moment I like a whole bunch because they use they use the Journal of Far Speech to contact him. <laughs> and it's very cute. It was very cute, yeah. I really like this. This is the scene I was like, I want to draw the back and forth between oh, him being okay, like, love okay. Fitzroy. And I was hoping if it wasn't the dance, I was hoping it was this. That makes sense. Yeah. It's just so cute. I really like this like sweet back and mm-hmm. forth between them. Have a cool summer. <laughs> Love you like a sister. <laughs> Always. Well, I mean, you know, they were concerned about him. They they care enough to be concerned, but they also care enough not to intrude on his private life. Yeah. 
Yeah, just check in. Just making sure he's okay. Yeah, that's great friends. You want to make sure, wait, my friend's no longer at this party. This is a tip to everybody listening. Mm-hmm. Make sure you know where your friends are at a party or anywhere that you're going. Yes. This is very responsible and considerate of them. This is our PSA, our very yeah. actual serious PSA of making yes. sure that you know where your friends are at the party. <laughs> Keep in touch with your friends. And if you're the friend that just, you know, Irish goodbyes, just through a text. Just let them know. Mm-hmm. After you've gone, after you've totally safely fine. exited, just be like, oh, BT Dubs, caught a cab. LOL. Yeah. See you tomorrow. L-Y-L-Y-S. <laughs> Love you like a sister. Always. Have a cool <laughs> summer. See you in the car. All right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> So as Argo's finishing telling his boys, yeah, I'm good. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll check you later. I'll buy LAS. Uh, he closes up his notebook to meet Jackal and Mosh in the boiler room. Mm-hmm. The the forge. Is it the forge? It's the forge, yeah. yeah. It's not the boiler room? It's the forge because they forge things in the forge. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it probably... The boiler room. <laughs> well, because they specify in the first episode, if I recall correctly, that the forge is also used to heat the oh, building. Oh, it heats. Yes. Yeah. So it is It is additionally okay. the boiler room. Now, did you just watch Nightmare on Elm Street? Because that might you be You know I watch room. it every night before bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's my lullaby. <laughs> it's my sweet, sweet lullaby. <laughs> I will say, and Clint played it perfectly, a forge is not a great place for a water ganassi. No. No. It's rough. That that boy left that place at least 10 pounds lighter as he evaporated. <laughs> he swung back by the party to be like, oh my god, can I just get bottles of water, please? <laughs> just to hydrate. They think know. he was really drunk. He's like, no, no, I just need water. Thank you. <laughs> but this is where we get some more info on his new gang that, again, he committed immediately to. Uh, the Unbroken Chain. Yeah, as soon as they, as soon as Travis said that, I was like, well... I messed up trying to figure out what that design was supposed to look like. <laughs> I, I think all of us did, but I, I still stand by. Yours looked very nice. But yes, as soon as you realize, oh, they were links in a chain, yeah, then you yeah. can get a different mental image. I'm gonna yes. have to. I'm gonna have to fix that later, just for my own just my own yeah. mental health. <laughs> like, That's fair. I get it. But this is a cool, like, I, I, I thought this description of this organization um, in the course of this conversation was, like, very cool. Uh, I like yeah. I like this as a concept. I think it's an interesting idea that um, Travis was able to describe very dramatically. I know, I know he yes. loves secret organizations, so this is definitely his jam, mm-hmm. but uh, it's nice to, to get <laughs> that in. Uh, just make a shirt with Trav's face on it that says King of Secret Organization. <laughs> you will have to burn it, but it'll be a nice shirt for a moment. <laughs> but yeah, I really like this one. It's almost like, I almost see it as like the ultimate inside kickery. Mm-hmm. Only you're like hidden. It's that like a secret Good Samaritan sort of thing. Well, I mean, good, it might be a little bit more complicated than just good because he says that it's their job to take responsibility. So the responsibility, True. I mean, like just like Jackal had said before, that he was hesitant to describe it as being altruistic necessarily like not maybe not the specific actions the overall goals but the specific actions may not be good right that is fair that's a good call Mm -hmm. it remains to be seen what their means to their ends are right so we don't know exactly what they're doing and frankly why this branch because we learned there are multiple branches um the fact that like this branch has set up at this school Mm -hmm. and then we see that there are other members of the school who are part of this branch Mm -hmm. obviously there's we're just getting the the surface level of something that is 
I would imagine, going to go much, much deeper. Mm-hmm. Well, and now that Argo is officially a link in this chain, mm-hmm. he, first of all, gets a chain that's like his mom's. I liked mm-hmm. that little callback to the scene of him, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, chain and a pendant and that kind of, like, yeah. stirring in a really old memory that you had not buried or forgotten, but that just you didn't just have that... You didn't have that kind of key to open that door in your head to remember, yeah. right? Speaking of keys and opening things... <laughs> secret passages revealed my, which we all knew about yeah my again. note for this is just i fucking knew it in all caps yeah <laughs> i was very excited. i'd like everyone once again refer to your murder boards where we said there's definitely secret passages Absolutely. i mean of course secret they were gonna passage. like who was gonna pass up an opportunity for a secret passage certainly not travis i wouldn't have either no so he wants to see the catacombs <laughs> Not necessarily a surprise twist for anyone, probably, but a very exciting one nonetheless. But yeah, good to see it finally in action. After we burn all those shirts, then, yes, turn (laughs) down the fire and go on through. And meet your new best friends, Dakota, Sabor, (laughs) Ramos, a female dwarf, and her elf girlfriend. They're Mm -hmm. all waiting for you. They can't wait to do, they're going to do those fun, like, meet and greet games where it's like, okay, everybody write down three things about yourself. <laughs> uh-huh. Two truths and a lie. Um, uh-huh. We're going to do a trust fall. Yeah. We're going to eat some ribs. And yeah. then first order of business, dish on Fitzroy. Tell mm. us everything, they say. Oh, my gosh. I tried to scream when that <laughs> happened, um, but my voice has been very iffy this whole week. So uh, nothing came out, but that was my initial reaction. Yeah, and speaking of this organization and not really completely being sure whether they're good or not and what good means, we don't really know why they're asking for this information about Fitz yet because it could be because he is dangerous or it could be because he's in danger or he's it could in be danger, both. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to say, everybody wants a piece of this boy. Mm-hmm. And who could blame him? All Wigan staffs. Apparently, the secret society of the stonecutters. I mean, have you seen him in the cloak? Uh, he's obviously, he's a hot commodity. <laughs> Everybody wants a piece. Couldn't they have just booked him for a Boy Cloaks magazine interview and then oh, he would have told them everything they needed to know? Oh my God. Maybe <laughs> that's He what would definitely have. have said everything. That's exactly what Argo should tell them. Like, you can get anything you need to know from Fitzroy himself <laughs> if you just package it correctly. That's it. But I am intrigued to see... What all is Argo going to say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is his new boss. What is he going to, you oh know, how gosh. much is he going to tell him? You got to be careful. Don't put it on Facebook. Mm, Don't tweet sure. about it. All of these pictures we're taking tonight, you guys, we can't, you have to put them <laughs> under privacy settings, okay? <laughs> got political dreams. <laughs> <laughs> ah, and here we go. Speaking of dreams, or are they even? Because the fear bulb mm-hmm. starts, quote unquote, dreaming again. Mm. About going to see yeah. Smith. What? Higglemiss. <laughs> which my which my uh, my note taking app unfortunately autocorrects to Higgles, which <laughs> I kind of want to run with anyway. Yes. I have no idea him. why it thinks Higgles is a word. <laughs> right? What were you typing? Higglemiss and it changed no, no, it to Higgles. I mean, what, what were you talking about earlier at some point in your phone's life that it's like Higgles is a word? That's, that's I have no idea. idea. <laughs> um, Fitz had called him Higgswigs earlier, and I appreciated that. That was a good one. <laughs> but cute names aside, what the hell, Higglemiss? We're bringing him the rock, and he's wearing the glasses, mm-hmm. so this kind of seems mm-hmm. goofy also for a moment. Mm-hmm. But then this goes back to earlier when it was like, oh, is Higglemiss somebody we can trust versus right. Hieronymus? Mm-hmm. And now it's like, no, no. Because what is the fear bulk doing here? And then Leon's coming in afterward. Here he is. 
maybe if this is a possession rather than a dream. I don't know. But apparently mm. he did contact the oversight, the heroic oversight guild. And that's, hog. The, yeah. He contacted the hog. <laughs> the all-powerful Ooh. hog. And Hagelmas is not about that. No. Mm. So what, girls, what is even going on here? Oh my gosh. There's so much. So here's here's what I figure. Uh-huh. This is a recall dream of an actual event that mm. is, you know, mm-hmm. nestled all nice and tight in uh, the Fairbog's brain uh-huh. and resurfaces. Because then, as he's leaving, Higglemas says, forget. Yes. So Higglemas mm. definitely put a level five charm spell on, on our beautiful Furbolg. And huh. what does he do to Leon? Oh. So that's mm. true, because if this is a, a recalled memory, then this already happened. And that could mm-hmm. be why Leon is gone. Yes. yes. Yeah, I think I think that that's why Leon is gone, Ooh. especially because we're given these details about as he's leaving, there's a bright flash of oh, light yeah. and a whiff of smoke. And that seems bad, uh-huh. especially since we think maybe his dog used to be a uh-huh. person. I don't know if that's the direction they're going in or not, or if he's, I mean, killing him seems a little dark. I'm hoping he's not evaporated. I'm hoping. (laughs) I don't think he evaporated. If anything. All right. Pay attention. Is there going to be a new cute pig on campus? Uh. If so, that's probably Leon. Keep your eyes open. Two, look look for fancy rocks that Higglemas might have and what he might be doing with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he was interested in the rift. Yes. He was very interested in the rift, yeah. yes. These are all things to add to the board. It's it's very unclear who is working with whom and for what purpose, mm-hmm, really, absolutely. because we we know we know that Higglemas is up to some shady stuff, but we don't necessarily know what his motivations are. Like he may be trying maybe Hieronymus is doing something and he's trying right. to stop him. We don't know who's working with the unbroken chain and who isn't. Yeah. We don't know if someone's causing the rifts and if so, which one of them it is. It's it's all very it's all very unclear still of, of who's on yeah. whose side. Totally up in the Y'all, air. Our murder board runneth Run over, over with red tape. Yes. Mm-hmm. The yarn, it looks like the backside of an embroidery piece. Mm. It is just. just it, it looks like mm. Jeffy came through here in a family yes. circus map. Just with red yarn behind him. Jeffy and his 42 friends. Uh-huh. And they all just stomped all over my heart <laughs> in my yard. And somewhere at the bottom is our, our resident podcat, Derek, having having a field day with the yarn. I'm just loving all this yarn. <laughs> Derek, you're going up on the murder board. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> just to say, cute. I was going to say, maybe he's going to accidentally solve something. Like, oh, you know, we could just pull like the that. yarn and then pop a pin out and suddenly we're going to see a connection. Yeah, you turn and you go, wait a minute. I didn't see this before. <laughs> wait a minute. Say that again. <laughs> Derek. It's all solved. <laughs> All right. Is there anything we forgot to mention that we would like to bring up now? I'm just excited to see the hog next time. Mm. <laughs> I feel like the superintendent's going to come in. Uh-oh. Well, I was wondering who this uh, dwarf and elven woman might be. Maybe they're members of Hog. Ooh. Wouldn't that be fun? Mm-hmm. I only wanted to add that, uh, since we didn't talk about it earlier, that the atmospheric party ambiance um, audio was very nice. The, the just kind of yeah. subtle background noise. <laughs> Uh, I give it. a nice a nice feel to that scene. It mm-hmm. definitely helped make you feel like you were there at that party, watching them dance, taking in some sleight of hand. Mm-hmm. Yes, good flavor. Mm, yum yum. And I think with that, it's time for all of our polls. We had two last time because <laughs> we just couldn't choose only one. So our first poll was: Who do you want to see gracing the next cover of Boy Cloaks magazine? And the answer by 
a huge margin was Justin McElroy with 79% of the votes. I can't wait to see his issue. And then our second poll was, what are we going to gift Rainier for her birthday? And the winning answer there with half of the votes was skeleton team jackets. They can wear it with their new rings. It's going to look so badass. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, as always, for voting. This time, what part-time jobs do you think our boys are going to get over the break? We'll have that pull up over on our Twitter, at Romancing Zone, and we will see everybody in Last Hope in two weeks. Till then, thanks so much for joining us. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we've been Romancing the Zone. (laughs) 